This program is brought to you by the partners of A Root Awakening International. Help others find truth. Support A Root Awakening International today. So last week we showed you some funny stuff about Michael Rood behind the scenes of an interview he did for a documentary called The Way. But there was so much good stuff that we couldn't share it all in one episode. So get ready for more of Michael Rood behind the scenes. Not sure if you're ready for this one, but we're going to do it anyway. Because it's the end of the sixth day, the sun is set, and this is Shabbat Night Live. Where you been? Shabbat Shalom, Torah fans. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live with Michael Rood. It's been a long week. Glad to see you. Michael Rood Part 2, if you will. It's tonight, the second and final episode of Michael Rood Behind the Scenes. A second installment of Michael Rood as you've never seen him before. Off the camera, off the cuff, and behind the scenes. It's an interview he did for a documentary called The Way. This is a great a uh, bunch of stuff for you, and you're going to love it. Great insight, some really good wisdom here from Michael, and even a few good laughs. So we've got lots to get to, but let's not forget about the astronomically and agriculturally corrected biblical Hebrew calendar, the calendar with the longest name in the history of the world. It is the second Shabbat of the fifth month, sixth month, that is, which is also known as Elul from the uh, Babylonian days, that is. Uh, much in the way that Nineveh was from back in those days, a place we hear about in the story of Jonah. Let's talk more about Jonah with the teacher of Deep Dive into the Book of Jonah, Keith Johnson, and our partner services guru, David Robinson. Good to be here. Good to see you, Keith. So last week we started something new. Yep. Uh, we started, as you said, staking a claim yep, we're staking for Sunday Sundays yes. on YouTube. Yes. Just like Shabbat Night Live is on Fridays, we are trying to claim Sundays, we can't Sunday do it without back. you guys, by the way. You need to like, sh uh, share, subscribe, share it across platforms. We want people to see this mm -hmm. uh, about this new series. Mm -hmm. There are seven episodes we have so far. Mm -hmm. If it goes well, we'll do more. Yeah. That's why we need to like, subscribe, pass it around, because those are the numbers we're going to go by. We're going to actually test this. If by the end of September, someone says, ah, I don't want to study the Bible. I don't want language. I don't want history. I don't want context. You know, give me, give it to me. Give me the milk. I don't want the meat. Mm -hmm. Then we'll stop. Okay. Right. I mean, this, I, I, like, I like, I like how Michael does it. He like puts his thing. Out. So here's, here's, here's the thing. I brought this, 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 this famous lock. Yeah. This is my wife's lock. Okay. And like I like to people, I like to say, lock? no, this it's not for me, David. <laughs> oh, okay. Why would you say something like that? <laughs> so anyway, this lock, it represents what I say is, is in oftentimes our English Bibles. Okay. Our English Bibles are beautiful, they're wonderful, they're great, but many times people feel locked out from their English Bible. Mm. And so what we say is through language, history, and context, we can unlock our English Bibles and get to mm. the real meaning. It's very, very difficult. People probably don't realize this. It's very, very difficult with our English language uh, to get all of the nuance of the Hebrew, uh, the original in the book of Jonah. But what's so cool and what I'm so excited about is that we're making this available to everyone with a companion biblical Hebrew audio course. And I'm going to say it again. It's free. Can you say free? Free is good. Can you say free? Yeah. We're going to send this to everybody. We want to go out into the ocean and we want to reach those people. Many of them are stuck behind the walls of the church. We talked about it. Yep. Many people in the Hebrew Roots movement that want to understand the Hebrew Bible, but they feel a little overwhelmed. Yep. So we took some time. We had some people all over the world that have gone through this course and gone through the book of Jonah. 
and we now think it's ready for the world. So we're more territory. Sunday's at mm. one o'clock. Boom. Like it. Okay. Comment, share, because if people do that, YouTube sends it to more people. Yeah. And this is what the, the YouTube specialist tells me, Jacob. He says, oh, I would like to do this thing. And they know all this algorithm and all this sort of thing. Guess what? It works. Mm. It really, really works. It does. And we've got people all over the world that don't even watch TV. They got their, their YouTube in it, and we can do an in-depth Bible study for them in about 20 minutes. They can go as deep as they want on this book. Yep. Beautiful. Love yep. it. Okay, so that is Sundays at 1 o'clock. Sundays at 1 o'clock. Every week this month and yes. then beyond. And if it goes well, if it goes well. So we need feedback. We got to get, gotta we gotta get, feedback. get feedback in the month of September. Okay. Yes. Now, speaking of September, so that's when Yom uh, Kippur is. And last week, you shared with us that in every synagogue around the world, they read the book of Jonah mm -hmm. uh, for Yom Kippur. Mm -hmm. or, yeah, and, but what we need before Yom Kippur mm -hmm. is a shofar mm -hmm. for Yom Teruah. Yes, and Yom we've got you set and actually, up. And actually, the end of September is Yom Teruah. Yes. And so it'll be October. So it's, this is perfect timing. Yeah, yeah perfect it timing. is. That's why so I did it. This one's, <laughs> that's right. This one's love gift is awesome. Uh, it's, it's a, a great uh, a fundraiser for the ministry. This is how we keep going, guys. We, we tell you about it on, I, unfortunately, if you're watching this on Shabbat. Uh, you know what? We're not asking you, you to buy this no, tonight. No, no, no. Not and, it's not, and it's a donation. This is a gift for Michael right. for your donation. So It is a gift. Anyhow, yeah. so there is a uh, teaching from Aaron uh, Lipkin oh, uh, called Understanding Israel. Mm -hmm. This is a great resource to have because he talks all about what's happening with Israel right now. Why is it in the state that it is? If, if you look at the news and go, I don't know why these people are fighting all the time. Mm -hmm. He understands why, mm -hmm. what's going on, what's happened in the past. And it's kind of in this teaching a lot of, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah. And then you you get to you know pray more fervently and more with more accuracy for Israel. And you really right. understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. really, really important good. teaching. But what you have over there is really cool for the feast. Yeah, we had the ram's horn and we have a kai blessing mm -hmm. uh, that you can hang in your home. Mm -hmm. And like, like uh, Scott said, this is just uh, Michael's way to thank you mm -hmm. when you do donate. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, we, we look at the ram's horn and I look mm -hmm. at it as an uh, instrument for spiritual warfare mm, to blow it. Yep. In fact, if you, I think it's Numbers 10, mm -hmm. uh, the Father says, when you go to war in your land mm -hmm. with an adversary that's oppressing you, mm -hmm. sound the alarm mm -hmm. of the trumpet, mm -hmm. and he will remember you, and he will deliver you from your enemies. Amen. So when I blow the shofar, I mean, when facing things in life, mm -hmm. I know my neighbors think I'm crazy, but go out on the patio and blow the shofar <laughs> and go yeah. in prayer before the Lord. Yes. And we want to do what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. He says, blow it. Let's mm -hmm. blow it. Mm -hmm. And let's fight the enemy with a Indeed. loud trump. We used to live in Canada. We had a house that was like one block off of this train bridge. Mm -hmm. So we were down, down below and the train bridge, of course, went up a little high and up there. So we would always go down the block up to the top of the train bridge across this river and we would blow the shofar right. every new moon from the top of this train wow. bridge and the yeah. neighborhood was like, what is going on? Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Wow. 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 exactly. But it gets your attention, doesn't it? I mean, it? And, and as believers in Yeshua, this mm -hmm. is... Um, we blow this uh, in, in appreciation for what God has done for us when he um, gave us the ram uh, for the world, you know, mm -hmm. from, the found, from the foundations uh, from the very beginning. But we blow this that we have victory over sin and death. Mm -hmm. We do. You know, so. And we have life, which is what chai means in that's Hebrew. Right. And that's what that is. That's yes. right. And it's a beautiful little piece and uh, it would look nice in your home. Yep, and it has, what it has say, a home called? blessing. A home blessing, and home inside, blessing. if you can't see it on the screen there, what it is, it's, it's actually filled with uh, semi-precious stones, yeah. whatever those are from Israel. Exactly. They're beautiful, yeah. they're purple and Very blue. Pretty. And, yeah, mm -hmm. wonderful thing. All right, so 
We're going to hear from Michael Rood tonight. And Excellent. he has something great to say about going from churchianity mm -hmm. and then swinging a little too far over to the other side. And he's mm -hmm. going to talk about that tonight. So take a look. They just want to swing all the way the, uh, the other way. Say, okay, you know, everything I learned was wrong, which a lot of it is. But then they swing all the way over and think that they're going to learn something from the rabbis, and they're going to, and so they're going to go to synagogue and they're going to try to learn something from from the rabbis there. I say, man, you, this is like you go from one dead end over to another dead end. All right, so there you go. There's Michael. That's what we're going to see tonight. Great advice, mm -hmm. as Michael always has, and lots of good uh, off the, uh, you know, behind the scenes, right. off camera type yeah. of stuff too. So that is tonight. There's so much good stuff that we couldn't share all in one episode. So get ready for more of Michael Rude behind the scenes with that interview from the Abafis back with the Way documentary. So the Kiddish with Michael is next. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Israel has a complicated history. Wars, political tensions, and moving borders have created animosity among neighbors who were once friends. Israel resident and tour operator Aaron Lipkin gives us a local's perspective on Israel's history and how current events are shaping its future. When you separate the populations in, in these different political agreements and you create this ignorance and this hatred, then that's what you get. Understanding Israel with Aaron Lipkin examines what can be done and how Yehovah's plan will restore relationships to bring all people under his reign in the promised land. This special teaching is Michael Rood's gift to thank you for supporting A Rood Awakening International. When you donate $50 to this ministry in September, we'll send you Understanding Israel on DVD or Blu-ray. Donate $100 and we'll send you two gifts Understanding Israel with Aaron Lipkin, plus an authentic ram's horn shofar from Israel, just in time for the fall feasts. Donate $300 and we'll send you three gifts. Understanding Israel with Aaron Lipkin, the ram's horn shofar, and a custom-made wall hanging from Israel, handcrafted in the shape of the word chai, meaning life in Hebrew. This beautiful keepsake contains semi-precious stones from Israel and a blessing for everyone who enters your home. These gifts are a limited time offer from Michael Rood to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift, the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. Get these exclusive thank you gifts when you make a donation to support A Rood Awakening International in September. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call 888-766-3610. That's 888-766-3610 or get your gifts online at monthlylovegift.com. The Chronological Gospels Bible is changing lives all over the world, putting everything the Messiah did in exact chronological order and explaining the behind-the-scenes truth of what the Messiah did, when He did it, and why. The timing of it all means everything. And now, the Chronological Gospels can be easier on your eyes the larger print edition features 40% larger type, and every page appears exactly the same as the original, so you can follow along with others who have the regular size version. The Chronological Gospels larger print edition also has wider margins to write notes, and the premium quality paper means you can highlight without soaking through. Plus, the larger print edition lies flat, so you can teach without having to hold the book open. 
The Chronological Gospel's larger print edition is a big and beautiful coffee table book, measuring a full 12 inches tall and 9 inches wide. Study the Bible with clarity and ease. I love the size of this book. This is nine by 12. The paper is, is perfect because it doesn't bleed through when I write on it. I can mark it up and I always make notes in all my Bibles. Everything is the same place as it is on the smaller version and I can just stand back and I can teach from it and it's just, it's the perfect size. I pray thee, of whom speaks this prophet? Order the Chronological Gospels larger print edition by phone or online. You'll get 40% larger type than the original. Call 800-788-7887. That's 800-788-7887. Or get the Chronological Gospels Bible larger print edition online at arudeawakening.tv slash large. On Friday, the sixth day of the week, the markets in Jerusalem are filled with challah that is done differently than it is any other day of the week. On that day, the challah is covered with honey and it is covered with raisins because it is a shadow picture of when the Messiah reigns upon the earth in the Sabbath day or the Sabbath millennium when life on earth will be sweet. Yeshua, the last night, that he had with his disciples before his crucifixion, he took bread and he blessed the Most High. And he said, Baruch atah Yehovah Eloheinu melech olam hamotzi lechem min haaretz. Blessed are you, Yehovah, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. And he said, this represents my body, which will be broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And so the sanctification of the Sabbath, the Kiddush that we do, sets apart this day and sets apart this very thing that we had rehearsed from the time that Yeshua gave this to his disciples. And then Yeshua blessed the Most High with this blessing that Melech Zadik said to Abraham when he blessed the Most High. Baruch atah Yehovah Eloheinu Malach HaOlam Berei Pri HaGafen. Blessed are you, Yehovah, our God, the King of the universe, creator of the fruit of the vine. And Yeshua said, this represents the renewed covenant paid for in my blood. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. With that, we do exhibit the Lord's death and what he paid for our redemption until he comes. advice would you have so they don't throw out the New Testament or go too far over to the left side of the thing? Or... And, and there's a TCG right behind your head. I knew I had one. I didn't want to turn my back to the camera. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything. I apologize. No, 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 no. That, that's, that, that's fine because we got a break here. Yeah, yeah. Let's stack up our Bibles here. <laughs> can't, can't, can't reorder them too much here. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. 
my experience has been when Christians find out that what they inherited are lies. And and for, you know, a couple decades now, my stuff has been out there, you know, thousands of people come to the seminars and and uh, then, you know, now, you know, I, I don't go out there in the world because right here from our, our headquarters, I've got studios where we're ready to go and I can get to the, the whole world just, just in, in five minutes. I say, hey, I, I want to do something. And through the miracle of mass media, we can get out there to the world. And so now people all, the, all over the world are waking up and when they find out that we have inherited lies and we're told to repent and they hear a perspective that, you know, at first they think it's a Jewish perspective and it's really, you know, it's really a follower of Yeshua perspective. But because I take them back into the Torah and back into the prophets and I strip away all the stuff that's been added through Constantinian churchianity, all the paganism, they immediately a lot of people, they just want to swing all the way the, uh, the other way. Say, okay, you know, everything I learned was wrong, which a lot of it is. But then they swing all the way over and think that they're going to learn something from the rabbis, and they're going to, and so they're going to go to synagogue and they're going to try to learn something from from the rabbis there. I say, man, you, this is like, you go from one dead end over to another dead end. It's like that you need to hear. And obey the words of the prophet. But because they think they have been taught all about Jesus, they don't know anything about him. They have no idea what he was teaching. That's why I did the chronological gospel, so you can go right down the line and see exactly what he's teaching from each of these divinely inspired perspectives. You know, Matthew. Uh, you know, the, the king from heaven laying down the rules of the kingdom. Mark, the servant, immediately, forthwith, straightway, everything chick-chock. I mean, it's just happening very quickly. Uh, Luke, the son of man, who shows us how to live the Torah. John, the son of God, who pays the atoning sin sacrifice, showing Yeshua going up to each one of the feasts of the Lord. See, each one of their perspectives is like looking at the same diamond with the different facets on it. But you can't throw one out and just accept the, the other. And uh, Unfortunately, we had different translators doing different books, and and it was done. King James done at three different universities, uh, you know, three different uh, teams working on this, and then finally submitted to it fourth, and they were the ones that made the final decisions. Sometimes they didn't make the best decisions on how words would should be translated. Um, well, the words in in the the gospels that are direct quotes from the Torah, well, someone else with a different language background were the ones that translated translated from the Torah and from the prophets. Now you got a Greek scholar translating here and they don't mesh, they don't meet. Well, that is what I've done because we have the Septuagint. I can take the Greek words, take them right back to the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Torah and the prophets, reverse engineer them and show this is the exact same word. It's the exact same phrase. Everything is the same. Let's get it in context. Now I'll admit, it's taken, you know, it's taken 45 years to do it. But you know, that's why people can now take what I've done and go on from there. They don't have to go and think that they're going to get the, the truth from a, a, uh, a rabbinic synagogue because Yeshua says, don't follow. They're talking out. They're man-made laws which change biblical law. Don't follow their seem the acts of the rabbis, which stand as a legal precedent for proper behavior. No, what they do is wrong. 
He showed that it's constantly wrong. You follow them and you will not see the kingdom of heaven. They won't see the kingdom of heaven. They cross land and sea to make one convert and turn him twofold more of the son of hell than themselves. It doesn't sound like a, a glowing endorsement of going to a Pharisee synagogue, does it? But yet people jump ship because they think, okay, most of what they inherited is pagan son God worship through churchianity. I'll admit that. But all you do is repent. And then you then listen to the prophet. See, for years I've been teaching, you cannot understand Yeshua's words unless you have been to the schoolmaster, the Torah. The Torah is our schoolmaster, lead us to Messiah. But after we come to him, it's not like one plus one doesn't still equal two. You know, you still, the schoolmaster still stands. You know, the schoolmaster, the Torah, the violation of the Torah is sin. That's a definition of sin. John, the disciple of Yeshua, sin is the violation of the Torah. You want to know what it is? It's not violating, you know, your church rules. It's violating the Torah. It still stands. Nothing changes. So once you understand that, sin is a violation of the Torah, we get that down, we understand the prophecies, we understand the prophets, now we go to Yeshua, now we can understand the Gospels, because we see the Pharisees violating the Torah, and Yeshua correcting it, that's what's going on. Today, he would be, he would be, in my world, he'd go to the Baptist church and show us we're in constant violation of the Torah. What on earth are you eating these abominations? I said, be holy as I am holy. You know, James quotes it. Peter quotes it. Be holy as I am holy. Where is he quoting it from? The 11th chapter of Leviticus about what to eat and what not to eat. He says, I put garbage, garbage trucks on this earth to keep the land and the streets clean. Don't eat the garbage trucks. And what, you know, even our oceans, I mean, the clean fish are now being polluted. Why? We are eating hundreds of tons of garbage trucks every day in our restaurants. The oceans are now being polluted beyond redemption because we've eaten the garbage trucks that are supposed to keep the, uh, the, the oceans and the rivers and the streams clean. You know, I said, don't, don't do this. I've given you these things to eat. eat these things and let the garbage trucks do their job. Be holy as I am holy. Again, quoted right from the Torah, right from that section, and yet people strip it out of context. Oh, be holy. What does that mean? Uh, go to church three times a week, five times a week. Uh, you know, do the rosary, you know, kiss the Pope's foot. You know, what, I, I, you know, every one of them, they've got some kind of ridiculous antics that they go through. And you watch these people. They never do it walk down the street and act like they act in church repeat after me stand up sit down now can I go home and play you know it's like you know religion is just such a joke I hate religion I hate religion but I love the truth I, you know that that's that's my life I love the truth and it keeps getting deeper all the time and richer and it's just a path I'm, I will never arrive at the end of my life I will not have arrived you know, I make it to the finish line. That's my goal. Make it to the finish line, but, you know, it's not like I've reached the pinnacle of all knowledge. No, it's just, it's a walk. And Yeshua asks us to do something. Take what he taught and teach it to others, to the ends of the earth. I'm with you forever. I'll never retire. I'll never quit. And here it is. Man.
Still got great. adrenaline going from this weekend. <laughs> yeah. I, I got up this point, I looked, the bags are by. Uh, no, you look great, and yes, I'm so yeah. glad we got you after the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Monday morning, you guys are brutal. <laughs> I know, I know. And I got a couple hours to pack, and I'm on a plane, so. Oh, okay. man, I hope you can get a nap. Okay, there, all right, we'll, we'll fire away if there's any uh, yeah. any other fodder you think might, might, might help out. Well, just another one. When... If a Christian says, like, I'm going to go from a Presbyterian to a Baptist, their friend's like, okay, whatever. But if you say, I want to start keeping the feasts and, you know, eating the way the Bible says and, you know, all that kind of stuff, there's this this knee-jerk reaction. Why do you think that is as opposed to just moving between uh, denominations? It seems that Christians are very comfortable moving from one denomination to the other. It's, uh, you know, the latest raids the Catholic Church after this incredible exposure of thousands and thousands of pedophile priests preying on, you know, 12 and 13 year old boys that it's, you know, uh, finally the movie Spotlight came out and, and, and to help to continue to expose this. But the Catholic Church has been reaching out trying to get all the Protestants back under their arms. You know, one Oh my goodness, just one seminary in California, 5,000 registered pedophile priests are there. I mean, it is such a cesspool, an absolute cesspool. But yet, people don't think it's anything to move. You, you can be a Baptist and want to come back under the arms of, of the Catholic Church, or you can go from Catholic to being a Presbyterian. And that's all right. But as soon as you say that, you know, I want to keep the feast of the Lord, they said, why do you want to do this Jewish stuff? You know, it's like, no, these are the feast of the Lord. They, they, you know, the Jews may have kept them to some degree. The, the Gentiles have been keeping pagan sun god worship festivals, but, uh, you know, and that's okay. You want to do the pagan things. You want to do the things that the Bible says are abominations. In Hebrew, it's tovah and shaketz. It means utterly disgusting, putrid, sick, and vile. And yet, you, you'll do that, and that's okay because I'm not under the law. You know, that's the phrase, the phrase they want to use. But as soon as you say that I want to I want to keep the feast of the Lord, like Yeshua, as it says in the New Testament, Yeshua was our, our, the, uh, the Passover who sacrificed for us, you don't even know what that is until after you do Passover. And I'm not saying take the Jewish uh, Maxwell House Coffee Seder and go through it and you're going to understand it. No, until you have really gone through this to understand what Passover is all about, you will never understand why John, when he saw Yeshua come out of the wilderness after his his temptation, remember before he heard the voice saying, this is my beloved son in whom I well pleased. But when he came out of the wilderness, he said, behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. You will never understand what that means until you understand Passover. Never understand it. And yet the Christian world, what are they going to do? They are going to, they're going to have an Easter bunny come out of a helicopter and drop eggs on the church lawn. You know, it's absolute insanity that, that that somehow these things, the Almighty said, do not learn the way of the heathen. Do not learn how they worship and serve their gods and say you're doing it to me. It's an abomination. And yet, and then he says, do not even let the names of these pagan gods come out of your mouth. And so now it's Easter Sunday. You know, why don't you just say sex goddess Sunday? It's orgy Sunday. That's what they did. Why did you, be honest. 
She's a sex goddess. The bunny, I mean, that's Playboy magazine. What is it? The fertility goddess with the bunny. It's all the same. It's just in glossy now. There are ones and zeros, I suppose, on the internet. I, you know, it, that's okay. But if you want to obey the commandments, oh, you're evil. See, there it is, right there. Yeshua said that the new covenant, literally renewed covenant, because he's quoting Jeremiah, is the Torah will be written on your heart. And when you see someone just violently react to someone wanting to keep the Torah written on their heart, you know they don't have the Spirit of God. They are none of his. They will be told, as Yeshua said, many will come to me in the day of judgment, crying out, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do wonderful works? Didn't we cast out demons? He said, get out of my face. I don't know you, you workers of anomia. Look it up. A is without, nomos, nomia, nomos. Go right back to the Septuagint. The Torah is always translated as nomos. You are without the Torah. You made up your own religion. It's not those who call me, Lord. It's those who keep my Father's commandments. That's what Yeshua said. He said, you want to ignore me? You want to ignore me? And you want to turn the page and go to epistles or whatever? Then I'll tell you what you're like. You're like a man who builds his house on the sand, and that sand is going to cause that house to collapse, and there's nothing you can do about it. You listen to me and do what I say, and I'll tell you what it's like. It's like a man who builds his house on a rock and nothing is going to take you down. See, religion will take you to hell. Uh, religion and most of Christianity is the path that leads to destruction. And Yeshua says most people will find that way. Very, very few, Yeshua said, will find the gate that leads to life and even fewer will walk the path that leads to life. That's what he said. In Greek it says most most who call me Lord will be told to depart. That's scary. It should scare every living person. Should scare everyone who claims to be a Christian, who claims to have cast out demons, done wonderful works in his name. See, he's not talking to Muslims here. You know, he's talking to those who would be defined today as spirit-filled Christians or charismatic Catholics, okay? They're the only ones that even fit in that category. And he's going to say, get out of my face. I don't know you. You've disregarded the Torah. You've made up your own religion. And see, that's the world I was raised in. And when I got to know Yeshua, he continued to lead me. It's because I didn't compromise, and I still won't compromise. And that's what turns a lot of people off. They'll, they'll come, they'll watch my videos, they'll get excited, they'll start their own messianic congregations and everything, and then they tell their people, don't listen to them anymore, because I expose the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, and that's where most of these people will can go back to, you know, get a whole a group together and start fleecing them for their own profit. Nope, that's not what it's about. It's communicating the gospel of the kingdom of the whole world. So that's what, you know, everything that comes in goes out the door just as fast as we can get out. We have no idea how little time we have, but we know we have a short time, a window of opportunity to get out the world through the internet, YouTube, you know, the, the mass media. But I'm already shut down in, in some areas. We have to edit our stuff severely in the Spanish countries because it's going into communist countries, and they will shut down TBN and Lasse in a heartbeat for what I'm saying. We have to edit it, but they say put it all up on the Internet. Draw the people back to the Internet because they know what we're teaching is the truth. 
but I've been thrown off off Christian broadcasting networks because I'm exposing things that they got preachers on there that are just fleecing the flocks. Just, you know, these guys flying around in multi-million dollar jets. They don't have a thing to say except send me your money because God is going to bless you. That's their whole message. Keep sending me the money. Send me the money. Send me the money. You know, that's it. You know, the Schrader's the, the, the up. It's first, send me the money so that I get the gospel of the kingdom out. And then after 10 years, you never hear the gospel of the kingdom. It's just send me the money. They don't know the gospel of the kingdom. They wouldn't know the gospel of the kingdom if Yeshua came up and slapped them upside the head on the street. Wouldn't know it. Have no idea what it is. They're shysters. And most of the world is filled with religious shysters out there. So, unfortunately, it's across the board. You know, anyone who sees that they can make some money, you know, oh, Hebrew roots, Jewish roots, you know, throw on a kippah, you know, uh, sell a prayer shawl on, on your television show. But don't, don't expose any of the things God calls an abomination because that might offend someone and then the bucks won't come in. I offend everyone. Everyone. Yes, Jeremiah. You've got to root out, you've got to plow, you've got to tear down and destroy before you can begin to plant the seed. And then what we plant is good seed, most of it goes to waste. A lot of it goes on out there and people don't have depth of character and they're just, you know, for a day or two, all excited and then they're gone. Well, we're out there to minister to those who, you know, hopefully will produce fruit. And that fruit remains and it continues to go out around the world. So that's where it's satisfying when you get to, you know, get together for big feast like Passover and you see all these people come in and it's like their lives are changed, they're locked in, and they are the ones that are getting persecuted by their friends and family out there. Why? Their friends and family don't have the Torah written on their heart. And it's hard for them to, to deal with it, but you know, these people, I call them extras on the set. In, in the book of Daniel, it says, he that be is wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever and ever. In Hollywood, there are stars and then you've got extras. We're looking for the stars will shine forever and ever and ever. We gotta plant a lot of seed and it goes out to a lot of extras on the set. But you know, those who hear and this message resonates. See, they're hearing the words of Yeshua, not my words. They're hearing Yeshua's words in Spanish. I'm like a hand puppet. When my beard shakes, out come Spanish words. I have no idea what they are, but they say they're accurate from what I said because I'm plagiarizing Yeshua. I am trying to teach people what Yeshua taught, but I'm using it in words, not King James English. That doesn't work. I try to get to the language that is currently spoken on the street in whatever language it is, because his words will produce life, will change lives. So I'm a professional plagiarizer of Yeshua, and I try to plagiarize it more accurately every day. I love that.
what's the biggest misunderstanding people have about this awakening? And we've already actually talked about a sort of a couple. Hmm. Greatest misunderstanding. I mean, of, of, of how people see it, uh, mm-hmm. that people have a, when they're like, "Oh, you're evil roots. Oh, you're you're you know, in, in a cult or whatever." What what is the? Mm-hmm. Okay, let, let me think about yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. There are a lot of them. The question was the biggest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people think that the Hebrew roots is too legalistic, and it's not. It's actually very free. And uh, well, thank you, Ted. That, that is actually <laughs> true. <laughs> Ship the camera there. <laughs> no, please. Yeah, that was good. The misconception from a lot of the Christian world is that this is legalism. I say keeping the commandments is obedience. Keeping the doctrines, commandments, rules and regulations of men, of a religious system, that's legalism. Yeshua came to set us free, not from keeping the commandments, because that is how how we love God and how we love our neighbors ourselves. He said all of the Torah, all the commandments hang on these two things, and they literally do. They te- it's not up to you how to love God. He says how to love him. And it's not up to you to decide how you love your neighbor. He says how to do it because by nature, you will take advantage of your neighbor. And you'll try to do everything to your benefit. But even Yeshua said, you know, do to your neighbor as you would want them to do to you if you were in the same situation. And, you know, and I apply this, this, this is not, you know, one of the Yeshua's big things is to be a giver. And this is not to, so that televangelists can fly around in helicopters, okay? This is when you go out to eat and you've got a, 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 a girl who is waiting on you, then is this a, a single mother? Is this a, a woman whose husband is in prison or in jail and she has a babysitter while she's working there so she can serve you? What, what's going on here? When someone carries your bags at the airport, if you were that person, if you were that single mother, how would you want to be treated? And so, you know, you get to know these people. And it's like, you know, you know, it's not a $3 tip. This woman gets a, a $20 tip. Our $30 tip, what would that do to change that person's life? You will have an impact forever that way. You know, because of that, uh, I went up to uh, uh, the, the hotel that I used to take my, my children to when they were very young, and, um, and, and this one man was sick. And, uh, it, well, it, well, I didn't know how sick he was. His wife was really ill at that time. He died about a year later. But... Um, I, I talked to him, got to got to know him, and he's a bellman. I gave him a fifty dollar tip for carrying a bag up to my room. And and at that time, fifty dollars was a lot of money to me. And I gave it to him. Now when I go up there, my all of my DVDs have been circulated around all the bellmen. Everybody knows me. They talk about the Bible. They are so excited. He died a year later, but the impact of that. Because I thought, you know, if, if I were Yeshua, what would I do? I wouldn't be pulling up in a Rolls Royce like a televangelist. What would I be doing when I found a need? I would be a giver. I would give above and beyond. See, that's what Yeshua taught. 
It's not putting more money in the offering plate to, to pay the parking lot or pad the pews. It's how can we impact society? How can we be a blessing to other people out there? Now, I completely got off track of where I was going because I just relived that moment because, you know, it's like, you know, see, when you do what Yeshua said to do, that is the abundant life. It's not more money being heaped to you. It's like you get to live. See, it's Yeshua in you. And when you do what he wants you to do, it's like, you know, it's like he will give you revelation. He'll put these people in your past so that you can bless them, so that you can do something that changes their life forever. That is the abundant life. That's where it's exciting. When you minister to someone and they are miraculously healed, that's not you. You get to be his instrument in that thing. That's what the Hebrew roots of the faith is all about. Getting back to the first century when the power of God is alive and real. So people think that out there that uh, like the going back to the, the Torah is, is bondage of legalism. No, going back to the Torah is not. It is absolutely freeing. We keep the commandments of God, which are not grievous. We're set free from all the rules and regulations that every religion has set up on the planet. We're free from them. We are not in bondage. We don't even we don't even have to even begin to think about keeping those things. Violation of the Torah is sin. Violation of your rules, I don't care. I don't respect your rules at all. I respect the rules of the Almighty. That is absolutely freeing. Keeping the commandments is obedience. Keeping the rules, regulations, and doctrine commandments of any religion, that is legalism. And I am not legalistic or under any legalism. Do I want to, you know, people say, well, how many commandments do I keep? Well, keep all you can, you know. You know, so many in here don't even apply to you. You know, they'd only apply if the temple were standing. Nobody can keep Passover today, but yet we got together with 400 people and celebrated Passover. You know, how is it that you have to do it? You think, you know, do we have to do this? We have to do that because the Jews are or, or Pharisees are doing it? No, no, it's to make it come alive so you can understand that Yeshua is our Passover sacrifice for us. It is to make the Bible come alive in this generation. That's what we're doing earnestly contending, fighting, fighting for the faith once delivered to the saints because we don't know what it's supposed to look like. I know what it's not supposed to look like. I know what Yeshua set me free from, but I'm still not, as he said, greater works than what he does you will do. Oh, man, I even touched that one. I mean, I'm just trying to do the simple little baby steps here, but he says, you know, there's bigger stuff waiting. You know, bigger stuff that we're going to be able to do. That is where the, the, the word is alive and real today. He's given us instructions. His instructions we are obedient to. And in the end, it's like, okay, what do we do? So what we, when things started drying up, what we did to start giving. Personally, out of what I have personally, I gave away. And what we had as a ministry, we started giving to widows and orphans out there. We stripped ourselves. We had nothing left. And what happened? Bam, it just started pouring back in. Because this is what Yeshua said. And you have to live this stuff. If you don't live it, you'll never learn it. And, and that is, you know, got to be one of the big keys. Live it and, and you'll be given more. So legalism, no. That, when you get set free from religion, it's the beginning of getting set free. It's just the beginning. 
And that's why people walk away from their churches. They, they hear the truth. The truth sets them free. The scriptures start coming together. They come onto seminars, they get these videos, they listen to it, then they go back and sit in the same pew they've been sitting in for 40 years, and it's like, I heard this a thousand times before. Is there nothing more? Do I have to hear that same sermon every year at this time? Are we always going to do the same, you know, the last stanza of just as I am, just in case somebody new happens to walk through the door and does repeat after me prayer? Why can't we grow up? Why can't we get into the meat instead of just, you know, you're drowning me with this milk. I am sick and tired of this milk. And they sit there and realize, I just had the best steak I've ever had in my life. And I'm sitting back here and I'm gonna pay for, for this pablum? I'm gonna put money in the offering plate for this, this garbage that I've been fed my whole life by this person that has no idea what the Bible's about? And so they walk out. And they say, you know, they start looking for other people. Is there anyone else out there who's had their eyes open and then they find a neighbor, a cousin. They find, you know, we had, uh, I have to say, there was probably a million people with an hour's drive to here that weren't here for Passover. But yet people from Quebec, who hardly speak English, fluent in Spanish and in French, drive 19 hours with their entire family to be here. Where were the million people locally? They're not interested. This is the Bible Belt. Charlotte, North Carolina, the buckle of the Bible Belt. We've got all the religion we can stand here. We don't need more religion. And if that's what they think this is all about, yeah, we don't want them around. This is not about religion. If you're happy with religion, wonderful. You've already been given a strong delusion. So, you know, and that's what it says. Because they did not receive the love of the truth, God will send them a strong delusion that they might believe a lie. Because they not, not receive the love of the truth. If you refuse to receive the love of the truth, it means that the love of the truth has to be offered. And I believe that just like every human being has been endued with this, with this understanding that you don't have to have a Bible to know that murdering somebody, killing someone else is wrong, or that taking something from someone else that doesn't belong to you is wrong. You know, it's just written within the code of what we are as the as a human race. And adultery, you know, it, it, it's not because it's in the Bible that it's wrong. In every civilization, a man will kill you if he catches you with his wife. And it was legal in America. You catch a man with your wife, you kill them both. You know, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even go to trial over this at one time. Why? Because everyone knows that it is wrong. Does, it doesn't take any, any special revelation from heaven. I'm pausing because I gave that example and I, I lost track where I was going, Ted. <laughs> but that's okay because you did answer it. Look, I think you answered the question. I think, I think you did good. I think you did good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Matter of fact, guys, I would, if, if possible, I would love to have a copy of this, just whenever you're finished. Sure, absolutely. Because this is some of the best material. See, what you guys are seeing right now, most people don't see with Mike, okay? 
Which yeah, is, I'm doing I'm doing TV shows now. I get to talk to you guys. Yeah, I get yeah. that. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun. Your questions are great. Uh, I love them. Good. Do we have any more or what? no more questions, maybe? No, I was looking through some of the stuff we wanted to talk to you about, and you like already kind you of preempted our questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, so good. Well, see, the Holy Spirit is working in this whole thing that you guys are doing. You, you know, you're. You're trying to help people understand this, and he wants people to understand it. And you know, this is this is what he wants the world to see. They, and what we see happening is that all over the world, people are waking up in the middle of nowhere with the same revelation. A, a, a man who sat in the same pew for 40 years in Texas all of a sudden is sitting there and the pastor is giving the same sermon, the same thing that he's heard a thousand times over, and he reads by a phrase that says the Feast of the Lord and something sparks. Feast of the Lord. Something is important about the Feast of the Lord. He has no idea what it is. And I've heard this testimony so many times. It's bothering him all week long. He can't sleep. He gets up in the middle of the night, turns on the television, and here's a guy in these weird clothes in Israel talking about the Feast of the Lord, which on my programs I wear big and very ancient biblical garments. I'm not going to stand out in the ashes of Gomorrah with a three-piece suit on. Okay, I'm going to dress in authentic attire like Mordecai. I wear the vestments of Mordecai. People think, oh, I'm dressed like the high priest. No, you've never read the Bible if you think I dress like the high priest. No, it's Mordecai. You know, he's a representative of the king wearing the, with, with the, uh, the white linen and the, and the blue tallit. That's what Mordecai wore. And, and, you know, so I, I'm out there in the desert, and, and he's listening to me as I begin to explain the Feast of the Lord. He said, that's it. I mean, the Holy Spirit woke him up, and he didn't want to wake up. He was happy. Everything was fine. And then he finds out that everything that he's inherited are lies that came out of Babylon. And then he is like, just all he can do is repent. And, and then as the repentance comes, that's when the Almighty makes known his hand and his might. And even the Gentiles will know that my name is Yehovah. That's what it's all about. The Holy Spirit is waking people up all over the world. This is the time we're approaching the end of the time of the Gentiles. He is going to open the eyes of Israel. And when he does, you think that the blindness in part that happened to Israel was a benefit to the Gentiles, that the Gentiles be brought in. Wait until Israel's eyes are open in the last days. That is going to turn the world upside down. And see... The Holy Spirit is reaching around the world, waking people up right now, getting ready for that moment. Because Israel is the, the, the spirit, the evil spirit is coming upon the entire world to come up against Israel at this point. The anti-Jewishness, the anti-Israel sentiment that is just rising up in the world, but yet the Holy Spirit is raising up people that love Israel, that will pray for Israel, that will support Israel. And we're going to see the whole world, the Novus Ordo Seclorum, come down against Israel and is going to bring Israel to the brink of destruction. There is going to be no hope for Israel. And people in Israel know this is coming. But yet, the Almighty says, at that moment, he is going to fight from heaven and even the Arab nations, those who consider themselves to be Muslims today, they're going to wake up and know that 
you know, there is no God named Allah and, Mo, and Muhammad is no prophet. They're going to know that the prophet is Yeshua and the God of Israel is the God of the heavens and the earth. And when that happens, everything is going to change. When he confirms the covenant, and this, even though Hell Lindsay and everyone keeps on repeating, it's the Messiah who confirms the covenant with his people. And when that happens, that is when Israel's eyes will be opened. They will see and understand that Yeshua is the Messiah. Things are about to change on planet Earth, and the Holy Spirit is getting his people ready around the Earth. We're going through a lot of persecution, a lot of people attacking right now. And the reason it's happening is to make us strong. Because one day, and with every attack, we get more answers. We keep going back to the book. Someone say, you're being legalistic? No, you're an idiot. No, we're not being legalistic. You want me to follow your legalistic rules of your denomination. I'm not going to let you, as a pagan sun god worshiper, judge me on the feast that I keep. You're not going to judge me on the Sabbath. You're not going to judge me on what I eat because I don't have Easter eggs. You're going to judge me because I don't teach Santa Claus my children. You're going to judge me. No, I'm not going to let you pagans judge me on these things because the feast of the Lord, his reckoning time, these are prophetic shadow pictures of good things to come. What you're doing are prophetic shadow pictures of demonic satanic rituals that have happened from the beginning of time from Babylon on and you are just being led by the nose because you're being led by to worship these dumb idols and that's exactly what Shaul said concerning spiritual matters I would not have you ignorant because you are Gentiles you're led to worship these dumb speechless idols because that's the way you're led now I want you to understand the manifestations of the spirit Speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirit, faith, miracles, and healing. These are the things that are to be alive in this generation. This is what came to light on Shavuot, and this is what changed the world in the first century. It's what's going to change the world in this generation. Wow. So, may the Lord add his blessing in the reading of his holy word. Amen. <laughs> Blessed be Thank the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love, the fellowship of kindred minds. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Oh, you are welcome. I appreciate Good it. Good success. Good success in your, uh, your endeavors here. Thank you. We'll and, stay in uh, touch.